I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Thank you for doing this. Uh-huh. If you wouldn't mind, give me your name, your title, and your responsibilities. So my name is Colleen Sellers. I'm the group brand director at Johnson & Johnson, and I manage the OTC allergy portfolio, so Zyrtec and Benadryl. Well, congrats on the, on the FE you. that you won. Um, it's for Muddle No More, right. right? So tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind that campaign. Sure. So Muddle No More is our campaign for our Zyrtec brand of allergy products. When we were looking at positioning the brand and coming out with a new campaign in the summer of 2011, we went and talked to consumers. And one of the things that we realized as we were talking to them is they felt like a lot of the products in the space weren't talking to them because they were they pictured people running through fields of flowers and being happy about their allergies and not being authentic about how much how hard it is sometimes to have allergies. So we took a bit of a departure and um, formed a consumer insight about the fact that when you have allergies, sometimes you muddle through them. And we found humorous ways to show them muddling. Um, so that became the Muddle No More campaign. That's great. So an FE is about effectiveness, marketing right. effectiveness. How do you think about marketing effectiveness? What, what would you def- how would you define it? Sure. So I think the most basic way of defining effectiveness is through sales. So have you seen sales increase? Have you seen your market share improve? Which both things we have. Um, I think the other way you can think about it is how do your consumers relate to you? Do you feel like they are, do consumers feel like you're talking more authentically to them, that they're more part part of their, the conversation with you? Do they feel like you get them? And so one of our key metrics actually on the Zyrtec brand is trying to see improvement in the brand, being the brand that gets them. 
um, versus just a brand that they buy. So putting together a campaign like that and coordinating that, mm -hmm. you've got partners involved. Sure. Tell me a little bit about you know you as the client side, mm -hmm. but also your agency partners, and how do you how did that all come together? Great. So um, we have been with JWT New York for um, the whole life of Zyrtec. So Zyrtec is a fairly young brand, and they have been our agency for the whole time with a pretty consistent team on it. Um, when we were looking to come up with a new campaign for Zyrtec, it was done very jointly with them. So we went and um, the strategic planners as well as account and creative came with our marketers and our um, global insight partners at J&J &J to really delve into the consumer insights to find a new way to position and um, talk to consumers. So we have an amazing relationship. I think that sometimes you can't always tell who's the client and who's the agency, which is probably the best the best way and, and a really good um, a really good sign that you're working very well together. So we partner um, we partnered for a good six months in trying to find the right consumer insights to talk about. And then as we built the campaign, we brought in our other agency partners um, at the, you know our PR agency Hunter or our J3 our media buying agency to really make sure that we were um, using the insights across all of the different um, channels mm -hmm. and um, think of ways that we can make sure that we're always talking to the consumer in the right way. So you've reached a level of success in your career. Tell me a little bit, is there something special that fuels you or how do you get inspired every day? Yeah, so um, I think a couple things inspire me and um, both actually are people. So my consumers really inspire me. I love getting to understand them more and really diving deep into the consumer insights. I think that, um, you know, in fact, we make people's lives better every day because allergies can be a real pain in the neck. And so it's really wonderful to be able to improve someone's life and get that feedback. So that inspires me, as well as, honestly, the people on my team, both on my team at Johnson & Johnson, as well as my agency partners. We have really an incredible partnership across, across and watching them grow and learn and become even better marketers is a truly inspiring part of my job. Well, as an allergy sufferer, I'm glad somebody like you is out there working on my behalf. Um, one of the things we were surprised by is mm -hmm. that you were our first female of the day yeah. and actually the only female interview today. Oh. What, is that, what do you think that says? Or, um, or is it, does it say anything at all? So, you know, I don't know. It's interesting because where I work at Johnson & Johnson, there are a lot of female leaders. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we're actually over 50% female in my group. So it is a little surprising to me. I was, I was surprised, and my agency teams have a lot of women on them. So um, it was kind of surprising, not in a good way, right? right. Um, and so I don't know if it is, you know, kind of which of the winners got, you know, got chosen. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, think it's, I think it's a sign that we need to make sure that we're continuing to um, support our women leaders, mm -hmm. and also, I think, make sure that we're telling people that um, this is part of success, is coming to be part of these interviews, and really making sure that you're championing your brands across, you know, all the different channels. So not right. just when you're creating the TV commercials and the digital programs, but really right. all of it. Right. I don't know. It's kind of... Um, it was disturbing, It's disturbing. Right? <laughs> I, I think it is a little disturbing, and I think, you know... Part of me is like, well, maybe they were, you know, juggling a lot of things. Yeah. It's June. It's the end of school. <laughs> I, I know I was at a school of function this morning in Philadelphia right. and hopped on the train to be here. So yeah. sometimes the juggling just right. makes it hard to do right. these things. But it is a little 
do you have any suggestions or tips for people that may be in your shoes in the future? Yeah, you know, I I think for women especially, it's it is hard to um, you have a lot of times in your life, especially when you have children. So you you know you take a little while off and you come back, and it becomes a time of adjustment. And as we all know, change is hard, and it's hard to adjust back and forth. And I think naturally, because women do leave to have maternity leaves, coming back to that is another adjustment phase. And I think giving yourself time to adjust and learning to do things differently and knowing it's okay to do things differently than you did before, I don't know if we talk about that enough. As like as a culture, I don't know if we talk up to our younger leaders who are just coming and having babies that it's okay that it's difficult and that we need to support each other in it. I actually, a couple weeks ago, one of the girls who doesn't work directly for me, but she works with me, she came to me and she said, oh my God, how do I do this? And I was like, well, first of all, you start by not making sure everything has to be perfect. And, you know, I think for a lot of us who have been driven to success, perfection and being a perfectionist is part of that drive or part of that reason you're successful. And once you're a working mom or a working dad, right, this goes for dads too, not everything can be perfect anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so you have to, right, Right. you have to pick what's going to be perfect and then you have to decide, well, this doesn't actually need to be perfect. This just needs to be good enough. And learning that, that's a process. And the more senior you get and the more experience you get, the better you get at making the choices. Sometimes you don't make the right choice, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's really important. Um, You know, I know one of your questions is about what would you change? Mm -hmm. And so we've had a lot, we've done a lot of digital work on Zyrtec and on Benadryl. And one of the big learnings there is that nothing is perfect, Mm -hmm. right? And you can think an idea is really good and put it into the digital or social space. And it actually doesn't do very well. And the ideas that do really well, you're sometimes really surprised by. That was like the one-off post or the one-off tweet. And you're like, oh, this had a lot of, this had a lot of legs. This is great. And so learning, like learning to put stuff out there and get a response and then learn from that response, I think is part of being a good marketer and, you know, in the current environment that we live in. I think that goes for our personal lives too and our work lives. So I think learning to not be perfect in everything you do, but put yourself out there. So come for the interview um, (laughs) is is a really important thing. I think that's a great advice. Great advice. So stepping back from Johnson & Johnson and Zyrtec, um, let's think about other brands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, are there brands that you follow or that you personally are passionate about? And, you know, I'm being a brand marketer, sure. Um, I'm sure you're watching some. Yeah. So I think that's really, of course, there are brands that I love and there are brands I'm incredibly loyal mm-hmm. to also. I think that what's been most interesting in the past couple of years is thinking about brands. So I'm a CPG marketer, mm-hmm. really classically trained, boxes on shelves, um, and, you know, our, our, our retailers. I think one of the interesting things that's happened in this space is thinking about brands beyond CPG brands mm-hmm. and really thinking about how they're doing things well and how they're promoting whatever it is they're selling. So one mm-hmm. of the things, um, Scandal, the TV show Scandal. Oh. Right. They have. I mean, that's a brand. It's a personal favorite. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I've been watching that show since it aired because I'm a Shonda Rhimes fan. So I (laughs) I started watching it. And I think one of the most interesting things about that show is if you think about it as a brand 
And if you think about it, how well they've done social media, right? They have incredible social media followership. And it really is incredibly organic, but also driven in some ways by the stars, in a, also in a, in a very authentic way. Mm-hmm. And then, though, there are person like Carrie Washington's character on that show has a very specific brand, right? <laughs> Olivia yes. Pope has certain clothes she wears, she has a style, she has sayings. <laughs> and so if you think about that and how they've been able to do that creatively and take those lessons and put it onto your CPG brand, there's so many great lessons to be learned there. Right. Um, another one that we were talking about recently was Uber. Mm-hmm. So again, like not in our CPG space, right. right? But how incredible is it that they have been able to become such a part of people's lives in a very short amount of time? And you can now, wherever you are traveling, so we travel a lot for work, <laughs> you know, you can use the same app and find someone and you don't even know where you are sometimes, right? We were in the middle of Dallas a couple of weeks ago. We had no idea where we were, but Uber knew where we were. <laughs> and they were able to pick us up and take us back to our hotel. And depending on which city you're in, they actually provide different services, mm. which is also such an important part of marketing today is having really the customized product or service or communication for each of your consumers. What do you think is the most important marketing trend or opportunity mm. today? So I think in general, one of the most important things is that your consumers want and demand a conversation with you at all times. So they demand engagement. And if you, you know, we're kind of trained classical marketing is a little bit, I'm going to push a message out there and hope they respond. But I'm not always sure what that response is. And I I watch these trends, like what is effectiveness? Is it sales? Is it market share? That's how we were trained. Really now marketing has become, we're going to put something out there and we're going to you're going to respond to us whether or not we like it, (laughs) whether or not we're expecting it. And we need to be able to respond to you. And that is going to create that conversation is ultimately going to create either the loyalty or disloyalty. It's going to create the purchase and the repeat. And that's a much harder thing to do because it's not static. You can't go out and test it, right? You can't test your messages like you used to be able to. And so to me, that's one of the bigger trends. And it's not you know, I think for a long time, people were like, oh, it's all social or it's all digital. But that's actually true of TV commercials, too, now. So everything has to be part of a conversation. One of the popular press is, you know, if you read it, and some, some yeah. folks think that digital, you mentioned right. digital, digital may take over yeah. our lives. We'll, we'll be no longer brand marketers, we'll uh-huh. be digital marketers. Right. Um, what do you feel about, how do you feel about that, so, that hypothesis? I think, I think it as marketers at the end of the day we, to be good marketers, it's about our consumer insights. And it's about talking to our consumers about what matters to them. And it doesn't really matter which channel you're in. So to to be good at it, you have to be in the channels where they're listening to you. And sometimes that is TV or print. But I think that possibly digital changes how we actually use that medium and how the communications look and feel in that medium. I mean, I think digital is a huge part of our plans. I mean, if it's not, you're in trouble. But it's not as easy as saying everything has to be digital. I mean, it still has to be a really good idea, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it still has to be based on fundamental consumer insights. Else it doesn't matter where you put it. Right. That's that's a good point. And and, and insight in particular is big for you, it sounds like. So as you think about research as a Mm -hmm. component of how you understand and uncover those insights, uh, are there any new research techniques or trends or or, um, things that you see that you would like to have as you're in your arsenal, right. so to speak? 
So I think what digital provides actually is a really incredible research opportunity mm -hmm. because a lot of what consumers think and feel they're now putting out there for us to listen to. And I think sometimes we call it, you know, social listening. We have our agencies go do social listening before. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But it really can become a part of your every day, right? Mm -hmm. So as a marketer, what I like to do is I actually like to be in those channels and just listen to what consumers are talking about. Sometimes they're talking about your products or for us for allergies, but sometimes the insights actually aren't about allergies. They're about what they like to do out in the world because mm -hmm. allergies stop that, right? right? So to me, like social media is actually an incredible um, listening tool, mm -hmm. an incredible way to go do research. I think that one of the things we've done recently is really just have one-on-one -on -one interviews with our consumers, which is probably a little bit old school, right? Mm -hmm. But just go on and, ha and you know, have a moderator we trust, go and talk to them about their lives. Right. Because sometimes I think what we used to do is we used to be too focused on the product or the need state. But that's part of their more holistic life, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes understanding their holistic life right. is sometimes more important than understanding the need state, especially when you spend a lot of time right. with them, right? What are you looking for as you're listening to how they go about their yeah. daily life or you're listening through social channels? What are, you, what are you listening for? I think in some ways we're listening, we're listening for two things. We're listening to what truly makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And um, that maybe seems a little like basic, right? Mm -hmm. But like, what is it that really gives you energy? What is mm -hmm. it that makes you excited to do the things you want to do? Chances are it's not like if you're, if you're really into golf, chances are it's not really just about your golf swing, right? Or your um, score that day. It's mm -hmm. about a lot more things. So there's probably something in what you just did or what you enjoy about work that's really fundamental to what makes you enjoy life. So sometimes we're, we're really just listening for that. Um, and then sometimes we're listening to the things that make you not so happy. Like what is it that is really hard about your life? What is it that interferes with you doing being as happy as you want to be? Um, so for us, sometimes that actually comes back to their health care and, and where they're not feeling well and how allergies interfere with them. And it's not always, it's not sometimes how they would answer it. Like if I asked you how your allergies impact you, you might say, oh, they make my eyes itchy or they make me sneeze, sometimes in uncomfortable situations. Right. <laughs> um, but you probably wouldn't talk about how if you're at your kid's school play and you're sneezing, you're embarrassing your kid. Right. And that is a fundamental like that's that's 
powerful. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to go say to a consumer, like, <laughs> right. you just sneeze to ruin your kid's life. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like that to us is a real learning about how allergies impact you. Right. And the emotional impact that it has. Right. The emotional piece of it. So healthcare marketing, mm -hmm. it's a challenging landscape. Yeah. A lot of regulations. Um, any thoughts on, you know, how to be successful as a healthcare marketer? Yeah, so there are so in healthcare there are a lot of regulations for all the right reasons, right? We have right. to do right by our consumers. I think that what we found to be the best is that when we understand honestly understand the regulations at a level maybe you wouldn't necessarily think um, a marketer would do, right? So you understand the regulations like not like a lawyer would, and you partner really, really tightly with your lawyers and your regulatory partners and your medical partners. So we have doctors and pharmacists that are on our teams to help us understand things. And then honestly, we try, once we understand them, we try to live in them. And we try to say, you know, these are all made for the right reasons and they're gonna make our consumers' lives and health better in the long run. So we just, we work with them instead of trying to work against them. So we've talked a lot about change and trends. Okay. Um, what do you see changing about the organization and it could be yeah. yours but it could be organ marketing organizations yeah. in general what do you see for the next five ten years yeah so I think you know as much as we said digital is part of the mix but it doesn't it's not the idea mm -hmm. right I think that digital is though much more of a skill set and uh, we call it competencies at J&J &J, mm -hmm. but they're very much part of your marketing competencies now so as we're you know a couple of five years ago it was a nice to have to have a marketer who had experience in digital. Now it's actually very much part of the expectation that that's part of the training you're going to get as much it is to go on, you know, it used to be, oh, you have to be on a TV advertising shoot. Now digital is much more part of that. So you have to understand social, you have to manage part of the social campaigns or digital campaign. And that's given equal weight to TV um, in the organization. So I think that from a marketers and an ABMs and brand manager perspective, that's been a change. I think one of the changes that we've seen, at least at Johnson & Johnson, but I'm sure it's probably uh, everywhere, is that they're now digital marketing centers of excellence. Mm -hmm. So we rely on them to help us understand what the trends are, how to navigate them. And we talked about healthcare marketing. Actually, in social, healthcare marketing becomes really a bit challenging, right? Because we hear things that we used to not hear. And so we'll sometimes hear safety information mm -hmm. that we really want to hear and we want to keep track of. And so we had to devise systems to be able to do that. And that wasn't, that used to be part of our job. So um, that's been a real change for us. And then we really just have di like truly digital marketers are part of our teams now to help make sure that the learnings on say a Zyrtec actually get translated onto the rest of the rest of the brand so we can um, really use all the learnings together. Right. We've talked a lot about digital mm -hmm. and mix. How do you see the mix evolving? And mm. um, you know, obviously yeah. digital's growing, but do you ever see TV and those big drivers going away? Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good question. We've done some experiments in the last year or so with trying to do digital only campaigns and moving TV away. And quite honestly, on some brands, they did well. And on some brands, they didn't. The mass awareness that TV brings is still a really important part of the toolkit for some brands that need the awareness drivers. So I think it's almost a brand by brand um, thing. And it matters on your total brand equity, matters probably on your competitive set and what other people are talking about. 
we have seen more of a focus on digital. But what I would also say is it's about what type of digital, right? So digital five years ago was mostly banner ads. <laughs> and banner ads are becoming less and less part of your mix. While at the same time, social a couple years ago was virtually free, right? So you needed the teams to manage everything. Now it's not free anymore. The new Facebook algorithms, you know, how you go about it are cost a lot more money than they used to. So how do you weight that in the mix? Like what's the ROI on that now? And I don't know if we know that yet. I think that's still, that's one of the emerging questions that will come in the next couple um, months is does how does Facebook pay out? How do some of the social media engines as they become not so free anymore work? Um, I think the other thing that's interesting is that there's a perception often, um, particularly at more senior levels, that digital is really inexpensive. <laughs> so compared to TV, that it's much more, it's cheaper, it's more efficient. And that's not always true. Some of the best digital programs cost as much as a TV commercial do to make, right, to right, produce. Yeah. And then you still have to promote them, especially now the promotion, you need more and more promotion in mm -hmm. digital. So I think that's one of the most interesting things that will evolve over time is understanding of true costs. Right. And you talked about ROI. I want to specifically get your yeah. perspective on you're building a brand. Mm -hmm. Brand is like an asset. Right. It's got long-term, yes. you hope, yeah. long-term value. Yeah. Um, how do you balance the short-term need to drive volume and sales and the long-term brand building effort? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I think probably fundamentally the challenge of long-term equity and short-term sales or short-term, you know, profit are at the end of the day, the one of the biggest things a marketer has to deal with, especially when they own the PL, right? right? And I think it matters on the lifestyle, the life stage of your brand. So on Zyrtec, it's a very young brand. It's only been on the market for six years. So building that equity, it's it's actually easier to see that the long-term investment is necessary. I also manage Benadryl, which is one of our oldest brands. Right. And so that one has an amazing brand equity and maybe you know doesn't need as much everyday investment that Zyrtec does. So sometimes it's about really where they are in life stage. I think that... Um, it's also, this is where the data helps us. So we do uh, marketing efficiency analysis, and we used to actually do them just on a short-term, year-over-year basis. So this year, we did our first more long-term one. So what has paid out for us over the last like, five or six years is we've built the Zyrtec brand. And it's been really fascinating to us because some of the programs that felt that were newer, that were more different. Some of our, our PR program we did in 2011 actually had the best long-term ROI on it. At the time, it didn't look like it had a very good ROI. So I think that's a really important learning for us as marketers. And that was a very digital, I mean, it was, it was in 2011, so it was one of the first big YouTube campaigns. So that's a really interesting um, new learning for us. I don't know what the conclusion is, but I know it's something we need to make sure we're careful about. So we want to circle back. Sure. We talked about you being the only woman here yeah. today. Do you think being a woman marketer gives you an advantage or, or is there a yeah. difference? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I think as marketers, we bring ourselves to everything we do. I mean, we probably do it across everything, but particularly mm -hmm. as marketers um, or and because we're talking about consumer communication, right? Mm -hmm. So what we bring into the room, especially when we're listening to consumers means a lot. I think that what makes me a better marketer is being a mom. 
And I mean that because I look and I understand when moms are talking and they're talking about life being hard, right? It's not always easy. And sometimes the balls that get dropped aren't the right ones. And that's really challenging. And I think for women in general, like I'm fortunate, I have a great job. I have a wonderful husband and we have, we, there's not a lot of challenge in our life for raising children, but that's not true for most women. Most women are, most women actually, most moms are single. A lot of moms don't really make enough money to make the ends meet. So trying to get great childcare for them on top of dealing with whatever else they're dealing with is really challenging. And so I think, Going in there and assuming life isn't that easy, you know, because you get it, like you were up half the night with your crying infant before you went to the groups, right? You come in at a very empathetic space. And I think that's what makes very good marketers is having empathy. I think the other thing, and this is less about the consumer communication, it's more about the partnership across a team, particularly with an agency team, is when you're a mom, particularly a young mom, you learn that it's that you're not perfect. And I think that sharing that with your agency from a client perspective really helps the bonds build. So I was I was talking about this with my agency partner who's here with me today, that because we're not perfect and we're open about it, which I think is partially being a mom, like that's how I learned that, makes us much better partners with our teams because we're not necessarily expecting perfection. We're ex- like expecting perfection. We're expecting authenticity. And at the end of the day, the best marketing is when it's authentic. And so if you bring your authentic self, whether or not you're a man or a woman, a mom or a dad, to marketing, I think you're much better at it. So stepping back from Zyrtec, Benadryl, Johnson & Johnson, the kids at home, if you had it to do all over again, what would you do? Yeah. Would you pick a different, not not would you pick a different career, but what would you want to go pursue? Yeah. So I'm lucky. I absolutely love my job. And I love my husband and my kids. <laughs> I think the thing that I would do over again is learn to be, you know, we talked about like failure from a digital perspective, right? I think I would be more open to my own personal failures earlier and like not try to just get beyond them, but actually learn from them. Like we do with digital and everything else. It's been like a big learning in my life in the past couple of years is that, of course, not everything's going to go perfect. So can you be okay with being a little more imperfect and learning a little bit more from those experiences? That's a great message for young mm-hmm. people coming up in their careers. I wish I had that advice myself yeah. personally. Thank well, you. I just want to say thank you for joining us. And thank you for so, having me. I really appreciate it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.